Happy Monday, everyone. We are going to start another amazing study session looking at Meniere's syndrome. Meniere's syndrome. Now, Meniere's syndrome is really an interesting condition to have because there's many different causes of it, but the presentation is pretty much going to be the same every time you get an NCLEX question on it. So we're going to do our content and then we're going to do our questions just like we normally do. So welcome everybody here. This is Meniere syndrome. However, before we dive deep into the NCLEX review and then the questions, I just want to let you guys know this is happening. You know, I pre-released the Quick Facts for Nursing School. And so this book is going to be on discount as our pre-sale item. People who are in nursing school uh, will find a very, very good use of this book because it is my med surge book and my pharmacology book all in one. So we have them We have them um, here and we're doing the pre-sale of them. This will be a really great price because, you know, in the spirit of Black Friday, we wanna make sure that this book goes out. Now this is for nursing students. So if you're in nursing school, if you are in NCLEX, passing NCLEX, then this book is not for you. But if you're in nursing school and you have yet to do med surge, and you have yet to do pharmacology, or even if you've done those subjects, but you want to prepare for like an exit exam or just like your midterm exams. I was talking to a nursing student and she is having, I think she's taking a, a first semester exit exam, which I didn't even know that they did any, like they did, they do these pre um, exit exams after the first semester. So this would be the book for you. Okay. This would be the book for you. So that is happening. So if you have questions about it, we can kind of look at Quick Facts for Nursing School. I can talk more about nursing students utilizing that resource. Again, very, very important if you are in med surge or going into med surge, okay? So the purpose of the, the book, again, is to help you with your, with your pharmacology. It's basically just in the Quick Facts fashion. And so if you don't do the... You know, if you're not the study session type of person for me, I didn't have a study group in nursing school. It was literally just me. This book will be that study session for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I want to talk about Meniere syndrome, but I'm back at, I'm back in Ohio. So I have the return of the clipboard for us today. This is going to just set up a, a general understanding of Meniere syndrome before I present the slides. Okay. So let's do that. So when we talk about Meniere's syndrome, when we talk about Meniere's syndrome, somebody put the page of it. This book is in quick, this subject is in quick facts for NCLEX. What was the page here? Meniere's syndrome. And I'll probably end up just reading it. Munchausen's Meniere's syndrome. I found it. Okay. So it is here. This is page 53. Thank you so much, Francis. Thank you so much, Cheryl. We're in page 53. So let's do this. Let's see. If you read the quick facts, then these should be easy for you. But I'm also trying to challenge you as well. Remember that. Meniere syndrome. First question. What part of the body are we going to be discussing with Meniere syndrome? Very interesting enough, when I went to the nursing student convention, I asked questions about Meniere syndrome. And to be honest, a lot of the nursing students at the time were not familiar with this condition. So 
if you are watching this now and you know these answers, I think you're in a good place. We are talking about the ear. We're talking about the ear. Very good. So Meniere syndrome affects the inner ear. Now, is this a long-term or a short-term condition, Meniere syndrome? Based off of what you've studied or what you know, which one would you pick if you had to go with one? Okay. If you had to go with one. And I don't know if I, I, don't know if I necessarily said this outright to you directly before, but think about the treatment and the education and give me, okay, give me what you think it is. And I said, it's acute. It's acute. So acute, mm, oh, it's, mm, oh, it's mixed, it's mixed, it's mixed. So Meniere syndrome is very interesting because it is considered a, a long-term condition because the thing about Meniere syndrome the thing about Meniere syndrome is that it may take a while to figure out what's causing it, okay? And so what you're doing for a lot of the time is you're just trying to manage the symptoms, but actually figuring out what is the reason your patient is having this issue, that can be a struggle. Uh, what else do I have here? Oh, do we see this in the young or old people? Which one? Is this, a, is this a condition of the young or are we looking at elderly aged patients? Oof, that's tough to say. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning. I love it, I love that you're learning. What are we saying? Some people are saying young, some people are saying, oh, so if we had to pick one, oof, if we had to pick one, it would be more this. And when I say old, I don't know, this might, this might affect some people, but... 40-ish, which isn't old, right? It isn't, a 40 isn't old, right? Come on. But when we talk about a clinical track, when we talk about the doctors that will be seeing the patients, it's not going to be a pediatric doctor. It's not going to be a young adult condition. So usually 40 to 60 experience this, okay? 40 to 60. Love it. Hey, Nurse Stella. Uh, this first testimonial that I'm seeing, it says, I am now a Remar RN. Love it. I passed my exam on 11-9. Quick facts in V2. Quick facts in V2. Thanks for all the support and encouragement. With God, all things are possible. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's great. Ah, that's what it's about. This is Monday motivation across the nation, guys. Okay. Now, we know that the symptoms of Meniere's are going to be Meniere's syndrome. Um, these are the, th there's three, always going to be three, always going to be, okay? So when we talk about the inner ear being affected, patient's going to have hearing loss. Is it going to be bilateral or unilateral? Oh, bilateral or unilateral? What do we say? That hearing loss is going to be, and also think about which one I'm missing here. Should I put a one or should I put a two? I'm going to put a one because it, it'll be a unilateral hearing loss. Now, remember with the hearing loss with Meniere syndrome, it is going to come and go, right? So there will be episodes where the patient will have unilateral hearing loss and it'll, and then the patient will recover from it. Like, oh, I can hear again. But as Meniere syndrome 
progresses, that hearing loss can become permanent. All right. So that is one of that is one of the 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 you know the 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 seriousness of this condition is that this is a sensory neural hearing loss that can become permanent. So we're gonna have hearing loss, we're gonna have tinnitus. What does tinnitus mean? It is a very common, very common term in nursing. Patient has tinnitus, put that, what does that mean? Somebody put that on the screen for me and I'll say it. And then the last one here, Magda, Ebony, I see that you put it on. It starts with a V. Let me make sure I spell it right. Vertigo. Patient's going to have vertigo. So patient comes in, hearing loss, tinnitus. Did anybody put tinnitus? Yes. Ringing in the ears, that's tinnitus, and vertigo. Vertigo is another term. It's a medical term, fancy term for dizziness. So this patient's going to come in and they are going to say the room is spinning. Okay. They are going to say, oh my goodness, everything is spinning. What is the number one priority for this patient? What are you worried most about this patient? What do we need to do for this patient? All right, let's get into it. This is Meniere's syndrome, guys. Thank you so much. The etiology, the etiology or the cause of Meniere's syndrome is endolymphatic high drop. Now, endolymphatic high drop, what does that essentially mean? That is a fluid shift. That is pressure in the inner ear. And this can be caused by malformations, all right, um, or autologic disease. So it should say malformations of the inner ear or acquired autologic disease. It's more common in men, but the triad of symptoms is vertigo, tinnitus, and hearing loss that is one-sided. Very good, very good. Here's a great question. Is Meniere's disease and Meniere's syndrome the same thing? If you wanted to use them interchangeably, could you, or is there a difference? Have you ever been asked that before? Well, welcome to Remar Nursing, where I'm going to help you, gonna help you critically think. So we're like, yes, it's the same thing. You know, No, it's not. <laughs> Final answer, the symptoms are the same. So for, for NCLEX, NextGen, anytime you have the hearing loss, tinnitus, vertigo, yeah, it's going to be a similar, but the, the, the terms are not. And here's why. Because the symptoms are the same, but the endolymphatic high drop or ear lesion has a known cause in Meniere's syndrome, while in Meniere's disease, it is unknown. So you have to investigate really what is the cause of this condition to be able to use the syndrome or the disease, okay? What is an endolymphatic hydrop? Essentially, it is just a, a term that means an increased pressure in the inner ear with increased fluid levels. And we know that Meniere syndrome is essentially fluid overload. Now, when you have the shifting of pressure and an increase in fluid levels, you're gonna have, again, hearing loss, vertigo, tinnitus, and an ear fullness, an aural fullness. Risk factors, what can precipitate a condition such as this? Stress, fatigue, metabolic disturbances, okay? Um, autoimmune diseases, hormonal imbalances, trauma, infection, allergies. So there could be many reasons why 
there can be many reasons why Meniere's syndrome can occur. What are we gonna look out for? Patient reports spinning, and, and check this out because this will be part of our content questions. Spinning, whirling, vertigo, that's the symptom. And tinnitus, feeling a fullness or blockage in the affected ear. Sometimes it'll happen before an attack. Severe nausea, vomiting, sweating, paleness during an acute attack. Nystagmus, unsteady gait. Hey, welcome to this lecture. If you're just joining us, we're talking about Meniere syndrome. You're not too late. You're not too late. We have over 380 nursing students all over watching right now. But guess what, guys? We only have about 85 likes. We got to get those likes up. We got to get those likes up. So if you are watching on YouTube, smash that like button because we need at least 170 today. Okay. Almost there. We got to work it together as a team. How do you diagnose this condition? So the following tests are used to help diagnose it. Bam. Autometry, vestibular testing, imaging, antibody testing. You want to do antibody testing to make sure that there are no disease processes um, going on, infections, bacterial infections, um, viral infections. You want to know endolymphatic high drop tests, vestibular evoked myogenic potentials as well. Now, I don't need you guys to be experts in these tests. I want you to understand though, if something is vestibular, where's that located in the body, the endolymphatic high drop, that I told you what that was. So when we are preparing for NCLEX, whether you're in nursing school or you've been out of nursing school for some years, my expectation for you is that if you come across something that you're not familiar with, you look it up. You just take the time to say, hey, I don't know what audiometry is. Let me just look it up. You might even say, I don't know what antibody is right now. I can't remember. It's been a long time. What is the definition of antibody? That's how you learn. Because in nursing, we are essentially learning a new language. That's what makes nursing uh, so hard to get into is that you have to learn a new way to speak. Pharmacology, you know the struggle <laughs> of trying to pronounce some of those medications. And it's tough for everybody. But the way that you get better is that you do it. You repeatedly do it over and over again. So yeah, then it's like, okay, we're about to administer methotrexate. And this lady got vertigo. And other people will be listening to you, not in the medical field, have no idea what you're saying. But because you have mastered your craft, you say it with confidence, all right? And that's just how it is. So analyzing cues, okay, analyzing cues. We need to check for the risk factors that lead to the etiology. What are the risk factors that are gonna lead to the cause of this? We are looking for clinical manifestations, all right? What are the clinical manifestations of Meniere's? You need to have two or more spontaneous, what does that mean? Not scheduled, but spontaneous episodes of vertigo that last 20, okay, 20 minutes to 12 hours. So when, uh, when an attack comes upon a patient, they could literally be like this for hours and hours and hours. 
fluctuating oral symptoms, reduced or distorted hearing, tinnitus, or fullness in the affected ear. That's what we are looking for. Okay, so look at the, 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 the timing is very important when we talk about Meniere syndrome. Nurse Britannia, I like that. Regina is awesome. I used to TV for last year for six weeks. You probably mean VT. And passed my NCLEX RM board with 77 questions. All right, we got a generational nurse. May God give you more wisdom. May God give everybody here more wisdom. We need it. We need it in a time like this for sure. What is the goal of Meniere's syndrome? The goal of Meniere's syndrome is to relieve the symptoms. So non-pharmacologic, that means not using medications. What are we going to do? Sodium-restricted diet, for sure. Less caffeine, monosodium glutamate, which is in everything, really. Okay, we want to reduce those things because they're going to increase fluid retention. Okay, lifestyle less nicotine, avoid allergens. Activity, you could do some vestibular rehabilitation exercises for balance. And essentially those exercises are, um, from what I saw, like patients being able to sit down on the ball and bounce, get up, sit down on chairs, walk in a straight line, things that help a, a patient to gain their confidence and almost like muscle memory to keep their balance during times of vertigo. The medications that we are going to familiarize ourselves with in terms of their function, um, beta histines, they inhibit vestibular nuclei activity. And we know that, you know, the inner ear is going to be affected. So if we can calm down the inner ear, we may have less chance of that fluid being aggravated. Diuretics are going to do what diuretics do. They're going to remove additional fluid from our patients. Antiemetics, promethazine, endosterone, these are going to help block the vomiting reflex in the brain because the vertigo can also make the patient nauseous. There is one drug that I wanted to just spotlight Prochlorperazine, prochlorperazine. And this medication essentially is an anti-nausea medication that also can be given, can be given three ways, oral, buccal, intramuscular. Now, of course, we would not want to give it to a patient who is unconscious or is already having a central nervous system depressant. The side effects of this medication, although it's going to help with nausea and vomiting, it may cause the patient to have some drowsiness, blood pressure to go down, dizziness and or fainting. Nursing considerations always monitor for hypotension. If something's going to drop the blood pressure, also may cause blood dyscrasia, which is um, a blood disorder of any kind. It's a very generic term and extra pyramidal side effects effects, extra pyramidal side effects. Now, surgery can be done, can be done. Endolymphatic drainage and shunt procedures, vestibular nerve resection, labyrinthectomy, cochlear implantation 
if medical therapy is unsuccessful, then the surgery is the last resort. However, there are patients who are on board for surgery immediately. They want to, they want to get it done because the side effects of this condition are horrible. They are literally debilitating. You think you're going to go out, go grocery shopping, go have lunch with your friends. But if you get an attack, you literally are laying in the bed flat for the next eight hours and you're miserable. So, you know, people are willing to have the surgery to correct this situation. All right. Our nursing considerations maintain a safe environment, provide assistance, administer prescribed medications, and also monitor intake and output because we do want to monitor definitely the uh, the fluid the fluid balance of our patient. How how often are the attacks happening? The response to treatment, health teaching as well, disease education, diet and lifestyle modifications. These are the things that the nurses have to be. Uh, focused on, and this is what we have to take into consideration that we are aware and knowing. That's it. Don't get too deep. When we're trying to study this information, please don't get too deep in knowing every single detail about the condition. I would say, honestly, if you are looking at this condition in a general med surge book, most of it you are not going to utilize for your licensure exam. When I looked at this, um, I was I was even in a pharmacology book, looking and researching this for 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 you guys, and half of the stuff I was reading did not even apply. It was not even necessary. So don't get caught up in trying to know every small detail about these conditions that are presented. Okay, make sure that just keep it here, keep it here, because I'm just going to give you what you need to know for the test plan. Okay. And what did I say here? The priority, the priority is clear when you have a patient with Meniere syndrome, it never changes. Okay. Um, I see the comments. Oh my goodness. It's right on time. <laughs> Black Friday is coming. It is coming. It's already here almost, right? We did the, if I hope you guys got, there's a two-step process that I've been talking about. Step one, we did. We did that last week when it was, I have so many options to choose from. Quick Facts for NCLEX was $10 for the Black Friday sale. And we did that pre-Black Friday. It was $10 last week. Did you get your one Quick Facts? That's step one to get started. We're going to be doing Quick Facts for about uh, another two weeks before we do step two. Step two is going to be to get the rest of the content. But in order for you to know when that happens, because just like the quick fact sale, it was like one day and then we took it away. This will be a one day event. So please go to remarnurse.com forward slash BF. And when I signed up for it, because you guys know I, I like to sign up for the events myself. It just literally asked me my first name, my last name, and then uh, uh, my email address. And I think it might ask for my phone number for text messaging. Cause literally when we make the black Friday sale live, you know how it goes, you know how it goes. So you want to make sure that you are, you're ready to go. You put the information in last, last year, my, my, I think the site crashed because we had so many. And then we had to have a lot of people were angry. Cause they like, I didn't get the black Friday sale. So anyways, 
Um, I want to make sure that you guys have everything that you need to know what I'll be releasing. Yes, the hoodies. Oh my goodness. The, the, the clothes, everything. Black Friday is opportunity for us to really make everything available to you guys for an amazing, crazy price because it's just one day. It's just one day. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and then what else do I want to say? International shipping. Yes, we actually, for the Quick Facts book, for the Black Friday, we made the shipping, I think like $4 or something like that. So we will have international shipping for Black Friday so the books can go everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Another thing is I will be doing this. So even if you already have V2 and you're like, well, I'm not really worried about Quick Facts because I already got the, the program, I am doing my, my NCLEX Black Friday review. And this is the longest review that I do all year. It's four hours. It's four hours, guys. It's going to be live just like you're watching here. We're going to talk about the program. Okay. We're going to talk about the program and we are going to go over prioritization, just things like that based from the V2. So I hope that if even if you guys have the V2, you will still join me for the Black Friday review. So also that sign up for it so you can get the calendar of when everything is happening. Black Friday happens the day after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving. So there'll be a workbook. Thanksgiving day, I'm going to come on just briefly and say, get ready for class the next day. You don't want to miss it. Okay. So that is the next sale for everything. Let's do the NCLEX questions. Here is the first question regarding Meniere syndrome. Bam, it's this. A client reports to the emergency department presenting ear discomfort with worsening dizziness and tinnitus. Which of the following questions is helpful to determine possible Meniere's syndrome? So let me just read that again. A client reports to the emergency department. They have ear discomfort with worsening dizziness and tinnitus. Which of the following questions is helpful to determine possible Meniere's syndrome? Is it number one, do you have tinnitus in both ears? Two, when did the symptoms start? Three, how long does the dizziness last? Four, how is your energy level? Oh, this is the assessment question that is most important for Meniere's syndrome, considering the case that we have in front of us. What is going to be most important in order to do what to determine possible Meniere's syndrome. I see a lot of mixed answers on the screen. So that's a good thing because it means we're here to learn the correct answer. And I gave you guys this in the content. Three, how long does the dizziness last? Okay, that's gonna be the, the criteria, the priority. Because remember, we are expecting dizziness or a headache, but what we're looking for is two or more spontaneous episodes that are going to be lasting 20 minutes to two hours. All right, so we wanna know how long is the dizziness lasting? Option one is important to determine if how many ears are affected, right? Option two tells us if it's acute or chronic. Option four is not relevant. And so remember, people when they come in, 
people can have dizziness for a lot of reasons. Okay. The dizziness can be from um, postural hypertension. If you get up from a chair too fast, if you bend down and tie your shoes and put your head up too fast, you can have dizziness. But we know that dizziness is not going to last for hours and hours and hours, right? Um, and so this is going to be the most important to determine possible Meniere's syndrome. Let's move on. Question number two. Here we go. In clients with Meniere's syndrome, which of the following foods should the client avoid? Select two that apply. Okay. Number one, raw fruits and vegetables. Two, canned pork. Three, whole grains. Four, hot dogs and sausages. Five, milk. You guys select two that apply. Come on, give them to me. We are talking about Meniere's syndrome. You guys know this. This should be a easy pass for this question. Uh, yeah, I see it. Two and four, canned pork, hot dogs, and sausages. These are all going to be salted for preservation. So salts and preservatives should be avoided very good by clients with Meniere's syndrome because it's going to increase the pressure, increase the fluid. All right, I'm moving on. Question number three is this. The nurse is admitting a client with Meniere's syndrome. Which room is appropriate for the client? I love it. Nursing care, so many things to consider. Number one, which room is, is, is appropriate? Number one, a, core, a <laughs> cohorted room near the elevators. Two, private room for less noise. Three, negative pressure room. Four, private room with contact precaution. What room is going to be best? Shout out to Nurse Jacqueline. Hi, everyone. Tested on Friday in PACS, International RN. Second time testing, huh? First time using your program. Quick Facts and V2 made my, my success possible. And finally, a Remar Nurse. 85 questions. Thanks. Wow. Congratulations. Ooh. Love that testimony. 85 and out. Second time testing. First time using V2. Like it. In the past. Okay, as expected, a lot of you guys picked number two. <laughs> number two is right. We want this patient in a private room with a little bit noise, less noise, because you want to keep the patient calm, well rested. Private room is going to do that because if you have a, you know, if you have a roommate, that roommate might be noisy walking around. I don't know, might like his lights bright. So we want to make sure that our patient is appropriate with as few distractions as possible. We don't want to use a negative pressure room because that's an isolation room. And we also don't want to use contact precautions because there's no need for that. Standard precautions will work. Let me turn it up a bit. In caring for a client with Meniere syndrome, which of the following instructions is most helpful when the client experiences dizziness? Okay, give me this one. Number one, keep your eyes closed. Okay. Two, lie down on your back. Three, take deep breaths. Four, assume a knee chest position. Now, some of these might be helpful, but remember NCLEX is asking what is the most helpful? What is the most helpful to teach the patient to do? Oh my goodness, guys, we made that share go. You did it. We got 200 likes. I only asked for 170. Oh, so we definitely have unlocked the bonus questions. Congratulations. Correct answer. I know there's, there's a couple that are good. 
but there's only one, right? And that is going to be lie down on your back for why. It is because the client should avoid sudden movement and slowly lie down to assume a comfortable position, keeping eyes closed and deep breaths. They're going to be helpful. Knee to chest position is not recommended, especially since the dizziness could last for hours and you don't want to have your patient in knee chest for hours. It's not going to be helpful. Okay. Great job. Great job, everyone. That was a little tricky. That was a little tricky. Correct answer though was two. Bonus question unlock. Congratulations. You had one job and you did it. Teamwork. Here we go. A client with a history. Here we go, guys. This is deep. A client with a history of uncontrolled hypertension, diabetes mellitus type 2, and Meniere's syndrome presents to the ER. The client states the room is spinning. The blood pressure is currently 155 over 95. The blood glucose is unknown. What is the priority nursing action? Number one, assess the client for pain. Two, assess the blood glucose levels for hypoglycemia. Three, place the client in a comfortable, secure position. Or four, administer the prescribed antihypertensive stat. Mm -mm -mm. Hmm. So the final question is the hardest, is the most challenging and the most difficult because you have a patient with multiple, okay? You have a patient with multiple things going on and you get a lot of detail about the patient. So with NCLEX, remember, you got to layer your knowledge. You got to layer it. You got to start with the anatomy, pathophysiology, nursing process, interventions. Okay. I see a lot of, I see a lot of wrong answers, but at the same time, I see a lot of right answers. And so this means that overall we're here and we're going to make progress together. Correct answer is absolutely always follow me guys. Never lose me here. Cause no matter what they tell you is going on with the patient, Safety is always the priority. It's always got to be the priority. It's always got to be number three. It has to be number three, okay? Place the client in a comfortable and secure position. In other words, keep this patient safe, right? I just, I just used, instead of safe, I used secure. And I was able to fool somebody because they didn't see safe, but they didn't realize that that's what I'm, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here so that you guys are able to critically think based on content. And you already knew this. You knew the safety was the priority for this patient, no matter what goes on. And cause look, look at this, look at this. Yes, the patient has, and I want you to look at this. Yes, the patient has uncontrolled hypertension. They have diabetes and they have Meniere's syndrome, okay? But at this moment, at this moment, what are we dealing with? Out of those three conditions, why is the patient there? Because of what? They are there because they state the room is what? Spinning. They state the room is spinning. So if you had to pick one of the conditions that you're dealing with, which one is it gonna be? It's gonna be Meniere's syndrome. 
just because I threw in a little razzle dazzle 155 over 95, that's not even that high, right? For a history of uncontrolled hypertension, 155 over 95. So um, we have to, because the room is spinning, we have to keep the patient safe. Okay. And so the first thing that we need to do, even if you thought, even if you, let me go back. Even if you thought, well, their blood sugar could be high or low, right? Even if you thought that was the case before you go and check their blood sugar, what should you do to the patient? You should secure the patient. Okay. And so I don't want us to, when we come, when we come into something that is very straightforward and it's a safety principle, don't try to make excuses why something else could be the right answer when it's clearly never going to be the right answer. Because then you missed the opportunity to say, okay, I got that. Yeah, that was on me. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it, but I'll see it the next time. All right. And it's just accountability. It's just accountability. And that's what these questions they do. So number three, we are always going to secure the patient, keep them safe. And we had just said, we want them to be, you know, lying down, right? We want them to be safe. So Meniere's syndrome has been presented to you today. It was really a lesson. And, you know, you think Meniere's syndrome is pretty straightforward. But honestly, if you start layering Meniere's syndrome with other conditions, it can get complicated. Because that, you know, we could even have done Meniere's syndrome with renal failure. Oh, my goodness. How complicated could those questions have been? Because we know renal failure, you have, you know, fluid retention with that, have electrolyte imbalances. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what we're here to do is learn. And if you're interested in learning, I definitely have the books for learning. Okay, quick facts for nursing school. We are doing the pre-sale of it. So if you are going to get it for the holiday season, this is the time, remarnurse.com forward slash school. I will be looking to definitely work with a lot of schools with this book. It's definitely going to go. So if you're in nursing school, med surge, pharmacology, combination book. I've never seen any book like it before. I didn't get to show you guys this, but the inside of it is the quick facts presentation, except for it's a little chunkier. This is quick facts for nursing school. This is quick facts for NCLEX. So a lot, a lot of more content in Quick Facts for Nursing School. But again, it's because it's supposed to follow you from your entire, supposed to follow you for your entire nursing career. This is what the pharmacology section look like. Looks like I did a lot more of a drug book presentation. You know, with Quick Facts for NCLEX, it's not this much information for the for the medications. But for nursing school, because teachers can be so detailed. I had to go a little bit in depth with it. So this is the pre-sale for Quick Facts for Nursing School for those of you who will take advantage of this book when you're studying. My motivation is literally just tough times don't last. Tough times don't last. And for some of us, this has been such a tough week for me. Um, this has been such a tough week for me. I have one uncle out of all of my aunts. Um, only one was married. And he passed away on Thursday. And it's been such a tough week for me, right? Today is what, Monday. So I'm literally counting the days with my aunt. She's married for 39 years to this man. One man married 39 years. And so we're, we know we're like, we're on day four now, right? With, that, with him not being here. And 
the motivation for today is tough times don't last. And if you've ever experienced the loss of somebody who was a significant part of your life, somebody that you, you know, you admired, you love so much. And I, I didn't have, um, I didn't have my dad growing up. My dad wasn't in my life growing up. So my one uncle <laughs> that I would see was the motto for who I wanted to marry. And you guys know my husband. So if you know Mark, then you can imagine what my uncle was. You can imagine how, how much he loved the Lord and how you know faithful he was to his family, right? Because Mark is the, you know, he's the example of my uncle, right? And so um, I just wanted to say, encourage you guys that if you are in a difficult time, the best thing that you can have is love and support from your family, right? I like that. I see the comments. Thank you so much for your condolences. Thank you so much. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. And so when you have a, a family, a source of um, support, it can get you through. It can get you through. And also, if you're going through a tough time, don't be afraid to ask for help because definitely when you can acknowledge that you are weak, then people can know how to support you. People can know how to support you if you're willing to say, I don't think I can go out today. Or can you make a phone call for me? Or, you know, can you can you just go grocery shopping or take my kids? It takes a strong person to admit that they are uh, that they're struggling with something. So never be ashamed of it. But I know in our community, we have people who know the meaning of loss. Like you, you know it, whether it's a person you love, whether it's your health, whether it's, you know, your children, all those things. And so as a community together, just like the congratulations come forth, I think the condolences that I'm seeing right now are just as important because I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it through this class. Honestly, I didn't know if I could do it. Marcus, he's not here with me. It's literally just me. And I wasn't sure if I could do it. But before I got on, um, I saw that there were people here already waiting. And somebody had made the comment, let's get ready to get these licenses. <laughs> you know, and I just thought to myself, what a group of amazing people. What a group of, of, of amazing people that like on Monday morning, you guys are gathering together and you are uh, encouraging each other. You've never met in person. You don't know each other, but you care for each other to a certain extent that you are like taking time out of your schedule. So um I'm going to go now, guys. And I just appreciate the time that we spent. It it um, it was a bright spot of my day. We actually have to go. We have to go to the cemetery. You guys who been in this process, you have to go to the cemetery. And um, I'm in the, the middle of doing like programs. And it's, it's so funny, like you can write a book, right? You, I can write this book. And it's something that you seem like would be a mountain to do. But when it comes to like just doing a funeral program, that's literally probably two or three pages. It just, you, you don't even know how you're going to do it. You know, you don't even, I don't even know, you know, how I'm going to do this program. It's like two pages long, but I do know that God is faithful. And 
there was a scripture that I, um, that I wanted to share with you. Let me see if I can find it. It's this one. It is when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Isn't that a good one? <laughs> when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. And so, yes, this is so true. This is so true. There is, um, are, are we expected to have a perfect life with nothing ever going wrong? No, we're not. But we are, we are told that we won't be, we won't be left alone or forsaken. Uh, I love this. Uh, my condolences may Jehovah comfort you and your family at this time. My prayers, joy comes in the morning. Yes, 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 yes. So, um, love this. Thank you, uh, Nurse Olivia. This does brighten my day. So sorry for your loss. I passed my NCLEX on November the 3rd, 2023. I am, I'm officially a Remar registered nurse. Thank you so much. Look at that smile. Look at that smile. Um, so um, guys, let us, uh, let us prepare to gather again on Wednesday. Right now, I would just say this. Today, let us find a reason to be thankful for something or somebody. And if there isn't, you know, if you don't feel like you have a lot of time, call or text somebody and just say, hey, I don't have a lot of time, but I just wanted to tell you, I love you. I haven't talked to you in a while. Let me just, I just wanted to reach out and then say, okay, I, I got to go. I'm going to go study or I'm going to do something. Uh, but I just wanted to stop in and say, I love you. Okay. I love you. And so I will say that to you guys as well. Thank you so much for watching. Love you guys. Thank you for being such a supportive community to me, no matter what. And um, I will see you guys on Wednesday. God willing, everybody, remember, you can, you will, and you must got to pass your NCLEX. You can do it. Bye, guys.